From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Baghel and this is the Times of India podcast. minister is going to be meeting US President Joe Biden for the first time in person. This is going to be later on in the week for the Quad Summit along with leaders from Japan as well as Australia. Now post the Quad Summit on 24th of September there's also going to be a 50-minute bilateral meeting which is going to be there between the Prime Minister and the American President. Prime Minister Narendra Modi left for a five-day trip to the United States of America yesterday. It's his first trip outside the region since COVID began. Other than meeting President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, he will also attend the first in-person Quad Summit. Quad, a grouping of India, Japan, Australia and the United States, offers a big counter to the rise of China as a global superpower. I speak to my colleague, diplomatic editor Indrani Bakchi, about what India can expect from this trip, about Quad and what becomes of India's relationship with China going forward. Indrani, this is uh, Prime Minister Modi's first uh, bilateral visit, foreign visit outside of the region since COVID began. Uh, what should we expect from this visit? It's, uh, it's probably the longest that the Prime Minister has remained uh, in India. I think his, uh, uh, his situation is only... Uh, um overtaken by Xi Jinping, who has not stepped out for 600 days. As you know, he has three big events and they're really back to back. One is the bilateral, his first bilateral in-person summit with the US President Joe Biden. Uh, the second is um, the Quad Summit. And the third is his uh, address to the UNGA uh on the 25th. Uh, this year, the UNGA becomes a little important for India because uh, India is a UN Security Council um, member for these two years, 21, 22. Uh, so yeah, so that becomes important. First big meeting is with the US Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, again, it will be his first meeting with her. And he's got a set of business meetings, not too many. Uh, that's because of COVID restrictions. This is also his visit following the uh, famous, infamous Howdy Modi uh, visit the last time. And of course, the US had a different president in Trump. And Trump and Modi's relationship, as we all know, was a particularly close one. So this is also a chance to reset the relationship with the new American president. Do we have a sense of of how Biden uh, approaches the prime minister, how he looks at Prime Minister Modi? Modi generally has a um, pretty decent relationship with most uh, presidents and prime ministers for the simple reason that Modi takes a fair uh, has, takes a fairly transactional view of the relationship. Um, I mean, he might dress it up in uh, um, sort of flowery words and gestures and hugs, etc., etc. But basically, he treats it like a Gujarati businessman. He's a pragmatist. Um, uh, yes. And uh, it, uh, to be honest, Trump was exactly the same like another businessman approached the relationship with the same degree of transactionalism. Biden has in in some way taken it even further. Biden is a more polite and a more um, sort of adult looking 
uh, transactionalist president. Uh, so I don't think there is any emotion involved there. I don't think Biden, uh, he understands perfectly well that uh, he is the president, that the prime minister will have to deal with him. There is no Trump in the horizon. And um, uh, he's, I mean, we have to remember that they've already spoken several times. They've already sat in, sat at a couple of summits already by um, virtually, of course. Uh, so they're no strangers to each other. And um, they have got a full measure of each other's uh, capabilities, not and, and interests, etc. Post Afghanistan, the Quad, which had been kind of building up. Yeah. There's a new geopolitical alliance that's been building up with the Quad. And then I want you to, of course, also talk about AUKUS. But first about Quad. Um, what kind of an alliance is this? And what is uh, India's interest in this? How does it serve India's interest? The Quad, Minal, as you said, is a, is a group of um, uh, four countries, uh, US, India, Japan and Australia, and uh, their birth literally happened on the twenty after the twenty sixth December two thousand four tsunami. Um, that uh, uh, they came together basically to provide uh, disaster relief and humanitarian ass assistance to the countries in the region. If you remember, Indonesia, Philippines, Sri Lanka, all of these were really badly hit. Yeah. Um, anyway, as it turned out, uh, the the group sort of became uh, more um, sort of, they started liking being around each other, let's put it this way. And uh, in uh, by 2007, they were holding Malabar, the naval exercises together. But by 2008, the Chinese really got to the Australians uh, who had a very close relationship with, the Ch with China and um, said, uh, stop this or else the Australians um, uh, panicked, they stopped, they pulled out of the quad. Um, the quad literally disintegrated and nobody spoke about it until 2017 when Doklam happened. Uh, that was Chinese incursion against um, in Bhutan, which became a huge uh, issue for India. After the Doklam uh, incident, India decided that a change of gears needed to happen. And in 2018, the Prime Minister put forward the Quad uh, and the Indo-Pacific vision of, uh, for India at the Shangri-La Dialogue in Singapore. Uh, the Quad 2.0 was again a brainchild of the former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who decided that it would be important for these four countries to get back together because there was China growing almost uncontrollably, nothing to check China. And China was not behaving like a benign power at all. So from the 2018 onwards, the ball started rolling on the quad. And we ran in, we had several um, uh, meetings at the officials level, then at the foreign minister level. The first virtual summit uh, for the quad was held on the 12th of March, uh, 2021, with Joe Biden as the president. T to be fair to Trump, Trump 
the former U.S. president pushed the Quad very vigorously. And frankly, it was um, a lot of the legwork was done by him and his administration coming before uh, the Biden administration. So the Biden administration really took it forward, put a much more of a clearer uh, strategic uh, construct on it. It kind of, uh, uh, it got propelled further after Australia demanded an investigation into the origin of, of coronavirus and Australia's Indeed. relationship with China kind of spectacularly fell apart. Indeed. And uh, in ours did too. I mean, after the uh, Chinese um, sort of incursions in eastern Ladakh in 2020, the Galwan Valley violence, um, the loss of Indian lives, um, we did a we did a 180 degree switch on our China relationship. Uh, the Japanese uh, were still a little um, because the Japanese have very strong economic interests in China, but the Japanese have been troubled by the Chinese for deck for years now, and uh, the U.S. basically decided that this that China was a strategic competitor, a mm. rival. So all four countries found that they their interests actually converged and they've uh, the, the quad meets their in, uh, their um demand for an, an uh, a group that can balance china so tell me what are the expectations from the quad summit uh, which is happening in the us the quad is not a military alliance yet and I will qualify that later, but it is um, the first summit of the Quad basically put out three main areas of work. One was uh, vaccines for the for COVID, which will be which is on track, which will be produced by the Indian company called Biological E, and they will be producing the Johnson and Johnson vaccine uh, for the Indo-Pacific region starting 20, early 2022. The second is on critical and emerging technologies. Now these are, they, they, they are quite abstruse because uh, they're everything from 5G to artificial intelligence to um, next generation networks to cybersecurity because the next, this this coming uh, world is a world of technology. So it's if also are, a way to it's also a way to counter the cloud of Huawei. See, Huawei is now no, no longer present in any of these four big countries. And remember, we are the literally the biggest consumers of technology in the world. Um, even the the Brits threw out the, the Huawei, the French threw them out, the Germans threw them out. So Huawei has be, has been dealt a pretty savage blow. Um, now, uh, so technology is a, is the is a second pillar. The third pillar is climate change, and that is a big um, it's a it's a big one for the U.S. right now. It's, it it will be a big one for the world anyway. The fourth pillar that is being added on is an infrastructure. And infrastructure in terms of um, building for 
um, other countries in this Indo-Pacific region, but building in a way of financing, building in a way that is transparent, that is that doesn't put countries into the debt trap that Chinese loans do, and uh, uh, sort of make more fiscal sense for the countries involved, uh, because you don't want small countries to be so indebted that they become almost bonded labor to the lender, and so providing an alternative to the Chinese Belt and Road Initiative. Would it be akin to something uh, what the US did post-Cold War? So they did it with two countries, um, Germany and um, Japan, the Marshall Plan. It worked spectacularly in Germany. I mean, look at what Germany became. Mm. This is a little different. There, it was a much closer U.S. Um, involvement. Here, in this day and age, it will be a little less of an overt U.S. involvement because the U.S. really doesn't have those capacities anymore. So, it is. let us say in in the Philippines, if they're building something, it will be, uh, it will still be a company that will be cheaper uh, to build, which like maybe a Japanese, maybe an Indian company. Uh, the the uh, the financial structure will be in a way that um, it makes it easier for them, makes it more comfortable for the Philippines. That is the point of this whole exercise. So they they are trying to what they are trying to do is to provide. Uh, an alternative uh, for the BRI, the Chinese Belt and Road uh, Initiative. So that's one. The while the uh, while the Quad has no military component yet, um, the fact that in uh, that the Malabar naval exercises um, in uh, India invited Australia into those exercises two years ago. And for two years running, it has been literally the Quad countries doing one major military exercise. It's a, it's like a marquee event um, for the year. Hmm. That is That makes, I mean, if I was Chinese, I would look at that and say, oh, you're telling me that Quad has no military component? Look at this. But the newly formed AUKUS, which is Australia, UK and America, where does... Where does Ocus kind of fit in, in in this whole puzzle. It's like uh, putting a live nuclear weapon in the middle of all of this. That's the uh, that's the analogy that I can think of. What does it mean? It means that the US is going to share its nuclear submarines which are literally the crown jewels of its of its uh, weapons systems with the australians to give the australians 12 eight um, nuclear submarines that the australians would be able to run now why is it why is this important um australia in 2016 um, contracted the french for 12 um, diesel submarines. And it's actually a little ironic because the French actually make nuclear submarines really well. And the French had actually said, we will give you nuclear submarines. 
but australia because they are a non nuclear you know non proliferation type people so they said no 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 we don't want your uh, nuclear submarines you know we are a non nuclear we will take diesel submarines so fine you take diesel submarines that the french poor things were actually repurposing their uh, nuclear submarines to become diesel submarines for the australians now the australians one morning in in 2021 decided oh no we want nuclear submarines again and i'd say that it probably less australia wanting than the us saying that we will give because we need you to be our forward base for uh, force projection power projection military power projection in the pacific and the south china sea French President Emmanuel Macron is expected to speak with President Biden in the next few days to discuss the diplomatic crisis between France and the US. Last week, the United States, the United Kingdom and Australia announced a new trilateral partnership. The agreement calls for Australia to buy a nuclear submarine fleet. Australia then scrapped an existing 2016 deal to buy diesel-powered subs from France. The French government says it was informed of the pact just hours before the public announcement and last week a French official called the development a quote betrayal. Uh given the fact that the US, UK and French have been traditional allies and the French have been so upset about this that they have called back their ambassador from the US and from Australia and and President Macron is throwing a huge fit and it might even impact his election uh Uh, prospects six months down the line, but but what I want to understand is that what what kind of a um, a new uh, kind of a block are you seeing emerging? Number one, number two, where does India fit in this whole AUKUS thing? So um, I'd say that AUKUS will becomes uh, an additional military arm for the Quad. because what it does is it enhances australia's capabilities so because it is australia that's going to be operating all this in this region if the us has to project its power in the pacific in the south china sea who are its who where is the place that they want to be they don't want to be, they don't want to build from scratch they already have a base little base called guam um and another one called wake island but they already have one there what they need is a a, na- a country that will project the power on their behalf australia is a treaty ally and has been for a long long time um they the they have been operating the the us actually operates one of their most important northern base uh, ports darwin um australian weapon systems come from the us australian most of australia's um um sort of strategic thought strategic uh positions are all yoked to the us uh so it makes more sense for them so tell me where does india come into all this and and i See, want you to kind of circle back to the current visit of the prime minister to the us that yeah. what would be his ask mostly you think on india rides the quad because india sits at the literally geographically and strategically at the confluence of 
the Indian Ocean and the South China Sea. As a as a grow as an emerging power, there are lots of things we don't get right. But as an emerging power, we are the only country that is populous enough hmm. that has the potential to become a much much bigger power than where we are today. So what is it that our what is it that we want help with? We want help to make that leap. That leap as as India becomes a bigger India or a more developed India, India automatically becomes that power. We don't have to do any. I mean, they, nobody nobody will have to do it for us. Hmm. So this is the this has been the ask for in from India to America, etc. For a while. the only thing that is constraining frankly to be constraining india is india itself mm. as long as we can fix our we as long as we can fix our economy we can fix our uh, strategic outlook we can fix our bureaucracy and become a more efficient india frankly or because all systems more or less work and frankly work better than they work in many other countries so even with all our faults and all our shortcomings we will still be uh, a a big power as long as we become a bigger and better india vis-a-vis -vis, uh, china what mm. is our stand now are we firmly in the camp which is anti which is which is um, what shall i say countering china now we will continue to counter china that doesn't change because your two himalayan neighbors your two enormous countries two ancient civilizations two emerging powers rising not at the same level at very different levels but rising nevertheless hmm. with more or less similar global aspirations india will always counter or balance china we are two neighbors separated by the himalayas two ancient civilizations we are two civilizational states two civilizational states with two very different political systems and economic systems and whether we are on talking terms with the chinese whether we are not on talking terms with the chinese or whether we are fighting with them the fact is that we will always be there to balance the chinese how effectively we balance the chinese is depends on our power and the success or otherwise of our system because when if we are successful and to be fair we've been uh, successful in many parts not wholly but in many parts Be that the then we are it is also a contest of ideas there is a communist authoritarian china and there is a democratic diverse pluralistic poor india if we can make this work and 
we hope that we will be able to make it work. Maybe, as Nehru said, not wholly or substantively, but in good measure. Um, uh, then we will always be a, a counter and always be a balance. Today's episode is produced by Arun George, Jairad Singh and Sunay Marathi. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on TUI+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at tuipodcasts at timesinternet.in.